It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Before we jump into the show today, a reminder that the Locked On NFL Mock Draft Special is officially underway, so be sure to check that out every day on the Locked On NFL channel. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow Locked On NFL on Spotify. We're going to talk quarterbacks today because I heard on Tuesday from a bunch of you about the Jalen Hurts reports and the prospect of the Packers taking a quarterback. And and Jalen Hurts is someone who has really piqued the imagination of a lot of Packer fans, and I understand it. So we're going to talk about that and talk about all these quarterbacks uh, to a degree as uh, it's not it's not fully uh, an offseason report card, but I want to talk about some of these guys just so we can have a conversation. We haven't had a lot of discussion about these players. You know how I feel about Justin Herbert. You know how I feel about Jordan Love and some of these other guys. So Let's dig into some of these players in the top 100 and then maybe even some day three guys who are worth keeping an eye on. I know that there are a lot of Packer fans who have some day three favorites, so we're going to talk about that as well. Reports on Tuesday put the Packers in pre-draft meetings and potential interest with Oklahoma star quarterback Jalen Hurts ahead of the NFL draft later this month and This fits with the reporting from Tom Silverstein last month about the Packers meeting with quarterbacks, their pre-draft meeting scheduled with guys like Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Hurts, Jacob Eason, and a slew of quarterbacks, including Jordan Love, and that was a name that is probably closest associated with the 30th overall pick, someone like Jordan Love's range in this draft has been pegged all over the place. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport said anywhere from 5 to 25 was Jordan Love's range. This comes amid reporting from Ian Rappaport's colleague, Mike Garofolo, 
that Love could be a late first, even early second round pick, that the buzz was not great from Jordan Love coming out of these interviews, that teams were not enamored with him. And this is all fun fodder for podcasts. Hi, welcome to Locked on Packers. That's what we do here. I don't think it is particularly indicative of Green Bay's desire to draft a quarterback. I think it is indicative of their willingness to do so. But I think more than anything else, it is a signal of their foresight in doing due diligence on the position. They did this last year. They're going to do it this year. And if someone does not fall to them, they're going to do it again next year. It behooves this team to look forward. It is the case that Aaron Rodgers will be the quarterback, barring significant injury, will be the quarterback for three more years and and potentially longer. He has said he wants to play to 40 and potentially even beyond. From a succession standpoint, from an heir apparent standpoint, it really doesn't make sense to draft that guy until next year. But when the Packers are ready to pull the trigger, they want to have all the information. So to be maximally prepared, all right, this fits with the way that this team evaluates any player. This is a front office that likes to watch film together. They like to have all of their scouts have an understanding of the talent around the country. You see a blue chip player in your area, and it is hard if you don't see another guy that good to say, oh, that, that guy is really, he's, a, he's an A-. minus. The A player really looks like this. And this is an extension of that idea. You go into a draft and you say, okay, this quarterback is the best quarterback in this draft. Great. What does that mean? Because every draft is different. If the best quarterback in the draft is Jared Goff in a draft that has Carson Wentz and some of these other guys, is that the same as being the best quarterback in a draft with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes? Is it the same as being the best quarterback in a draft with Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Rosen, Mason Rudolph, all these other guys? We have to have some perspective of what it means to be a franchise quarterback in the modern NFL. And if you haven't had to scout quarterbacks in a while, it's not that you forget. It's not that you don't know what quarterbacks look like. But there is a little bit of muscle atrophy in that way. And we're talking about metaphoric in this case. We're talking about mental atrophy. You're not used to evaluating quarterbacks play-to-play or you're not used to evaluating quarterbacks when the stakes are this guy could be the franchise player of your franchise. The stakes are importantly different. So if you go into the process for two, three, four years ahead of when you're going to make a pick before you're going to pull the trigger and now you're compiling data points and you're honing your skills and you're sharpening your your ability to look at these guys and decide does this player fit with our culture does this player fit with our scheme and that has changed now with Matt LaFleur in the fold you want to do the evaluation process differently based on the offense that the player is going to be in so you need to understand what Matt LaFleur likes, 
what Matt LaFleur doesn't like, what he wants. And they need to have an understanding as a coaching staff of this is what the front office believes is important. And you go in and now in 2021, you've got, you're have got you on draft three with this, this coaching staff and this front office saying, okay, we know how this works now. We know what they like. You know what we like. And so now we can come together and make a decision on this quarterback and have an understanding that, okay, if this is the best guy, if Trevor Lawrence is the best guy in 2021, where would he have been in 2020? And where would the best guy in 2020 have been in 2021? If it is the case that what Green Bay wants to do is wait until there is the player they can't pass on while Aaron Rodgers is in the fold at least, then you need to know what a can't pass on this player guy looks like. And it might not be Jared Goff, even though in that draft he was the consensus top quarterback. It might not be Joe Burrow every year or Tua Tagovailoa every year. You know, there are plenty of drafts. You look back at some of the drafts the last few years, Justin Herbert might have been the number one quarterback in some of these drafts. And you might have, you know, look, Tua Tagovailoa in another draft is is the, the QB1. He might have been QB1 in this draft if he'd have been healthy. Putting together that sort of process and, and using it and implementing it with the foresight of understanding this is going to be a thing in the future, the near future, that you have to look at, that is useful when you ultimately have to pull the trigger. It's why you still meet with Tua. You know, Joe Burrow's not going to waste his time. Joe knows he's going at the top pick. But Tua, he could fall. There could be a trade. Who knows what the situation could be? He wants to get it out there. He's got an agent going out saying, we swear Tua is healthy, and anyone who says he's not healthy is is wrong, and and it's a full-on PR blitz. Well, that could be indicative of a slide. What if he gets to 15, and all of a sudden Green Bay's like, well, let's go get that guy. Tua's really good. Now, this is not the year for that. But given that context, given that we don't have access to the medicals, and team doctors are not going to get a chance to look at Tua, What if he's sitting there at 30? I mean, it's not crazy to think that could be the case. And if it is the case, by the way, pick him. He's really, really good. Tua is the kind of player who you can't pass on. But you need to have those data points over a number of years, and you need to be evaluating in earnest. It's different evaluating quarterbacks in 2011 as a scout, as a front office program, as a team is different than doing it in 2019-2020. The stakes are different. And that means just as important that you're evaluating your own process. Are we doing this the right way? When you can do it and know that, okay, unless the perfect guy comes along, we're not going to draft him. Well, okay, What does that parameter set look like? What does the perfect guy look like? They're getting to pick and choose data points, put them together. And you remember that old Sports Illustrated article that had the perfect quarterback and it was like John Elway's legs and Brett Favre's arm and Peyton Manning's brain. I'm I'm, I'm mixing errors a little bit, but that that is the deal. You can do that when you're going through these pre-draft processes. Okay, The legs, this is what we value. 
okay the arm. It's timing and accuracy over arm strength, but you have to be able to throw the deep ball. You have to be able to push the ball down the field with accuracy because that's what Matt LaFleur wants in this offense. Those are things that you need to be sharpening. And doing this over a couple of different drafts allow you to hone that process so when you need to make the decision, you are ready to do it. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft. And you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel. And that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. So we've had some discussions about the top guys, about the Packers making a pick at 30. So let's start with some top-line viewpoints of just strategy. If it's me at 30, I am only, and not just 30, by the way, 30, 62, 94, all these, these early spots, it is the guy that I think can be a franchise quarterback, my guy. It's either that guy or it's no one. I'm not taking a developmental quarterback. I'm not taking that that toolsy guy who might become something and is risky and is, is going to need all sorts of different things to go right for him to work out. I don't need a project. It's not helpful to me because that sort of risk is just not worth it for a team that's trying to compete for a Super Bowl. The Packers, when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, did so because he was an elite prospect. They didn't draft Ty Detmer and hoped that he became the guy. That's not how that worked. And yes, Ron Wolf drafted all these quarterbacks and they developed and you were able to ship them off into something else. So please, by all means, draft a quarterback and let him develop. Don't do it in the first three rounds unless that guy is legitimately really good. And for me, in this class, Okay, if if we're trying to find that sweet spot, you're talking about Joe Burrow's going to be gone. Tua's going to be gone. I think Herbert's going to be gone. Jordan Love is such a question mark for me. At 30, I'm not doing it. It's just, it, it is not worth it. There are too many question marks about his development, his inability to read coverages and process information and make good decisions. The arm talent is is not in question. His ability to make plays off platform, not in question. But deep ball accuracy is a disaster. I mean, a disaster. It was something that when I was studying him, I made multiple notes about to just say, you know, some of the some of the stick throws to the middle of the field on slants, on posts, on dig routes, 
he can throw laser beams and attack the middle of the field. And he can make plays, second reaction plays, off-platform plays, those Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers-like, rolling to his right, making a throw down the field on a line to a player in coverage, and it's a completion, and you're just going, how did he do that? Those plays are there too. But then there's the head-scratching, boneheaded interceptions where it's like this is this is like freshman stuff. You didn't even see the quarterback. You didn't even see the corner. And the corner was right there. How do you make that throw to the opposite hash mark without any zip on it? How are you late to the middle of the field? It's just simple stuff. And and the case would be okay in 2-3 years he can he can get coached up. He can watch Aaron Rodgers make the decisions that allow him to avoid interceptions the way that he does. And that's the case for Jordan Love if he's there at 30. He's not the can't-miss guy. He's not the we-have-to-draft-this-guy. And there is no other guy at 30. It's Herbert, it's Tua, and wait till day three. That's how I view this draft class. So if you need to take Jake Fromm on day two... All right, Jake Fromm, here's the thing. I like Jake Fromm, and I think he's a top 50 player. And I like the intelligence. I like the accuracy. I like the the toughness. I like the fact that he walked onto campus at Georgia and was, you know, the guy. They were winning, and, and he was playing well enough. The team responded to him well enough that Justin Fields, who is an immense talent, had to transfer. To, to not upset the apple cart. If if Jake Fromm sucked, you wouldn't do that. That's just, it wouldn't go down that way. So let's say the Packers get their guy at 30. They get Josh Jones or they get, let's say they get Justin Jefferson or they get Jalen Rager. They get one of these receivers that they just, they love at 30. If Jake Fromm is there at 62, that's tough for me. It really is because I think that there is there is some ability there. He can play off play action. I think he can make throws down the field. He doesn't have a huge arm, but he's not going to kill you. He's not going to make boneheaded mistakes. And I, I like it. I like that. I like that a little bit. I don't love it, but I like it. If you if you have that guy, if now if you if you're sitting there at 30 and you take someone that you don't love because you have to because you didn't have great options and you couldn't trade down, then maybe you're sitting there going, mm, it's really too much of a luxury. I would take Jake Fromm at 62. That's that's really it. Given given where we expect these guys to go, Jacob Eason has a huge arm from Washington. I that's it. That's the best thing I can say about him because he doesn't throw with touch. He doesn't throw with anticipation and accuracy. He can make some wild throws. There's no question about it. But then he'll make decisions and throws where you just go, what are you doing? What are you looking at? And, and who is that to? And it's just it's such a projection that I just don't see it being reasonable with a top 100 pick for a team like Green Bay. For other teams, it makes sense. You have a quarterback who kind of sucks, but is like good enough. You know, you have that, you know, Blake Bortles is is too bad, but you're the Bears and you've got Nick Foles and you've got Mitch Trubisky and you know Trubisky can't play. 
Okay. But you have Nick Foles, who you're paying money to, and he's going to be your quarterback for a year or two at least. Why not draft a very talented quarterback in the third round, maybe even the second round, and say, okay, this is our for the future guy. And we think with a little bit of coaching and a little bit of seasoning, he can be that dude. All right, well, that's nice. But if you're the Packers, you can't take a top 100 pick on a guy who is 30% to, to be anything, much less a franchise quarterback. He's just not it. This whole conversation started with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, someone who is apparently on Green Bay's radar, and the ability to make plays with his feet is outstanding. The, the comparison to Taysom Hill is an interesting one. The thing about that comparison is Taysom Hill is a backup quarterback. And Taysom Hill is someone who is a gadget player, a backup tight end, a punt gunner, a kick a kickoff coverage player, and a gadget player. I think Jalen Hurts can be a little bit more than that. I think he can be Seneca Wallace. I think he can be a solid backup who can come in and give you a start here or a start there. I don't see anything in his collegiate play that says to me this guy is a franchise quarterback. He got benched at Alabama and was a trooper. You, you know, he gets a lot of credit for his heart, for his leadership, for his intelligence, for his poise, all that stuff. He is a hell of a young man by all accounts. This, these evaluations are not, you know, personal attacks. I just don't think he's a franchise quarterback. He struggles against pressure, really struggles against pressure. His ability to make throws on the run, I mean, some of the throws are are like I hesitate to use the word laughably bad, but some of them are laughably bad for a guy who was a Heisman candidate. It's it's just not there with him. And I don't know that it ever will be. I don't think you can coach it up. The accuracy has not improved. The processing has not improved. A lot of what he did at Oklahoma is part of Lincoln Riley's genius. And you can say, okay, well, Matt LaFleur is a really smart offensive coach. He can find ways to use him. Well, if that's if that's the case, if the if if the whole argument is, well, Matt LaFleur is a really good offensive coach and he'll find a way to use him, then what am I what am I using a high pick for? I, I want to use a high pick on someone with talent and ability and someone who can be molded into something that's really special. I want a franchise quarterback. I just don't see it with Jalen Hurts. And it would be pretty surprising to me if the Packers did. The arm is not strong. The ball placement is inconsistent. I mean, I watched five or six games of his, and I don't know that he got to a second read more than two times, three times, and and never got to a third read. And, and that can be a little bit overstated because if your offense is good, first read is open, and that's always the goal. You know, you get your pre-snap look, you know what you got, and so you find you find your guy as soon as you hit your back foot. That's always the goal. But you still want to see someone who can get through progressions. Couldn't do it at Alabama. Couldn't make accurate throws at Alabama. And didn't do it consistently at Oklahoma. I don't want this to be, you know, take a dump on Jalen Hurts' podcast because, I, you know, I'm always hoping for all of these guys to be good. The league needs more good quarterbacks. 
But I don't, you know, the winner stuff, I don't see it. I just don't see it. He's not Deshaun Watson. That guy is a winner. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Tua. I mean, he let uh, Tua, hello. He lost his job to a freshman who came in in the biggest game of the year and won it for his team, and his career at that university was over. Now, when they needed him to come in, when Tua got hurt, he came in and performed in a big spot. That's a credit to him. That's called a backup quarterback, and it's a nice thing to have, but Green Bay is not in the market for a backup quarterback. They have Tim Boyle. If they wanted a backup quarterback, they could have signed Marcus Mariota. They could have signed Case Keenum. And if you're a longtime listener of this show, you know I just don't care about backup quarterbacks. So I'm not looking at backup quarterbacks. I'm trying to find a guy who's the franchise. And then on day three, if you want to have a conversation about some fun names, James Morgan, the Green Bay kid from FIU, yeah, that's great. Cole McDonald. I mean, there are some fun names on day three that if you want to replace Tim Boyle and you want to have some fun in the exhibition season and and you want to throw some lasers and and maybe in two years you have an Aaron Brooks situation. You have a Ty Detmer, a Mark Brunel, and you can trade that guy for picks. But unless you find a franchise quarterback using a top 100 pick on one of these guys, even a top four round pick on one of these guys, I don't see it. I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. Not just from a philosophical standpoint, but given the talent out there. And the one exception is Jake Fromm. I'm I'm kind of in on Jake Fromm, and I know I'm a little bit of an outlier there, but I like his game enough that not in the first round, but in the second round, if they got you know their home run guy in the first, then it's something that I that I think you can talk about. But you don't do it at the expense of another player on the board who can help you at a need position. You I, I, if if you have you know, a receiver that you love there, or an offensive tackle that you love there, whatever it is. And from he's not so good that you have to pass. This is the point of this conversation. He's not so good that you have to take him. But the value would be good enough that you could take him in that spot. I don't think the value is even there with with Hertz or Eason on day two to the point where I would take them. You'd have to be talking about fourth round, fifth round, and then okay, now the value is there. And you can make that case. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs. And now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with Wise, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at wise.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. 
All right, a lot more to get to in the coming days. We are now just days away from the NFL draft and uh, a lot more to get figured out for the league. Um, you know, they're they're going to do a dry run of the draft in, in uh, preparation for it just to make sure everyone understands the mechanics of it. This is how it's going to work. This is how it's going to look. This is how it's going to feel. They're going to have a conference call with all the teams so th- as a fail-safe so that if you're having a technological issue and you can't get your pick in, you can just unmute your line and say, this is who we're picking. So you know that's going to that's gonna work out with no glitches whatsoever, and no one is going to forget to mute their phone and give away uh, critical draft intel. Uh, but this is bizarre. And we don't we don't know if this is the last live sporting event we have in the NFL for a long time. I mean, there are some discussions now that they might play the 2020 college football season from February to May of 2021. And, you know, the governor of California is talking about sporting events and and mass gatherings being out until there's a vaccine or herd immunity. So that's 2021 in all likelihood. So this is this is a time for us to enjoy this process because it may be the last time we get to talk about sports sports for a long time. And, you know, I hope that's wrong. I hope that this all moves faster. I think that, you know, a lot of the projections with all of this stuff have turned out that we've done the things that we needed to do to to bend the curve and and protect some people. Obviously, we're also looking at thousands of people who have passed away because of this and thousands more who have been sick and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands who have been financially affected by this in, in pretty serious ways. So sports is something that I understand a lot of people want back, and I want it back too, and we have to make sure we're going to do it in the right way. So hopefully we are able to move faster on this than we realize and get all this stuff up back and running by August, September. Even, even if we get a late start, I think there's some things that are workable here, but we're a long way from that, and and I don't even think it's worth going down that road here for at least a couple more months. All right, remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 920- 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.